0: All right, hey everyone, how's it going? It's David from the Geek Garage Podcast. This is episode number five three. That's fifty-three. If you are talking about numbers like a normal human being, um we are actually starting our first themed month today for this episode. God, we're starting out great, aren't we, Ted?
1: I have no comments so far.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, so we're we're doing our our first theme month for the most part like an argument could be made that our first theme month was like the mtac series like the road to mtac
1: yeah or the halloween month we did
0: (laughs) okay well like we actually plan this shit out like pretty far in advance none of this matters
1: we're doing the villains theme this month
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's all about them evil villains uh this has nothing to do with the coronavirus for for those of you trying to make sense of like why evil villains or antagonists and yeah, why we, now
1: we've talked about this for a while and then this is just sort of like coincidence coincidental yeah
0: yeah uh, so it has nothing to do with that for for those of you that might try to make sense of like of that so yeah the, uh,
1: because spoiler alert we don't make sense of anything
0: right yeah if you're trying to like find deeper meaning in anything that we say you're you're doing uh, very wrong <laughs> right what 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 do they say uh that path leads to madness yes uh, uh
1: <laughs> madness be that way mm-hmm. uh, you're pissing up a rope basically and
0: yes or, or into the wind yes or
1: both. into the wind up a rope
0: <laughs> wow double jeopardy yes yes <laughs> I believe that is the, the technical term. Okay. Hey, how, how about back to the podcast? Yes, let's do that. All right. So before we get into the meat and titers of this shit, uh, we have a couple things to touch on. Uh, so events. We were scheduled for a bunch of conventions that were coming down the pike this convention season. Some have been postponed some of them have been canceled um, we're going to go through those real quick uh, evil con that was scheduled for actually last weekend uh, as of this recording date um, that has been moved to july 10th and 12th still at the uh, arena I, I forget the name of the arena but it's it's still it's in like the
1: evansville convention center or something
0: yeah yeah still in evansville and uh, and we still plan on doing that MTech was supposed to be after that uh it has been postponed uh not yet rescheduled Momocon they finally postponed that uh, they were they were holding out seriously until oh, the last hope. second yeah uh, yeah and uh, shit just got worse and worse and worse and we were all <laughs> just kind of like are you going to do the smart thing here Momocon right. and they they finally uh, bit the bullet and decided to postpone. And they are, I believe, as we speak, trying to find new dates. So, like I said, postponed, but not yet rescheduled. Uh, Nashville Comic Con, I believe, is still set for May 30th and 31st. That hasn't been rescheduled yet. And a KaiCon has not yet been postponed or rescheduled. That is still set for July 24th. Through the 26th. Uh, so, yes, that's uh, that's a little update on the convention slash uh, public appearances bullshits. Uh, in case you were curious, I'm sure uh, a whole lot of you were. Haha, <laughs> that's a joke. I'm sure it was none of you. Um, anyways, so that's pretty much all we had to get out of the way, aside from our going over the criteria for for this episode series and we have a little uh, a, a couple things that pertain to books in particular uh, and and works of fiction as far as criteria goes uh, but Ted do you want to kind of take over and go over some of that criteria that we have set for our evil villains
1: Sure so since it is a month we're going to do four episodes um one one a week for the next four weeks that may not be exactly a month but I mean come on you get it four weeks that's a month <laughs> We're going to cover villains from fiction and literature, comic books, movies, and TV shows, and then our last episode will be a watch-along that we have not decided on yet because we're professionals, and uh, we plan everything very, very closely. Right. Uh, yeah. But they'll all be themed around our some of our favorite villains. Again, as we've said before, when we do episodes like this... Um these are not this, this is not a countdown. This is not like the number nine greatest villain in literature. It's not right. like that.
0: We're we're not that special. We're yeah. we're not that official. We're
1: we're just two dudes with opinions. Just, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody else. So well yep. these are some of our favorites. They're probably at least I don't imagine that David or I either one went too like anachronistic. So I'm no. pretty sure that you're gonna see a lot of familiar names. Yep. Uh hear about a lot of familiar characters. So
0: yeah, nothing's gonna be like super off the beaten path, right? As, we're as we're not uh, uh, we're not doing
1: the normal TED thing where he gets as pretentious <laughs> as possible, uh, which right. apparently rubs people the wrong way. But whatever, plebeians. <laughs> uh, we do have some... <laughs> what is this? Some kind of poor people joke? I'm too rich to understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: we do have some criteria for the villains, regardless of what medium they come from, mm-hmm. and the number one thing we settled on is that. They have to be actively choosing to be a villain, right? So, there are a lot of characters that are portrayed as antagonists, but are just doing, like, what they do, so to speak. So, like, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, for example, they're not making an active choice to be a villain. They're just being dinosaurs. Although...
0: Although if there is like an evil dinosaur movie out there, please fucking tell me tell about me, it. Tell me because I, I need that in my fucking <laughs> life. Right. Like like a dinos like a T-Rex with a fucking laser on its head. Like sorry, I just saw Austin Powers last night. <laughs> 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 but like I need a T-Rex with like a fucking laser beam or like rigged a a, a shotgun to where like his tiny arms could use it like that would be amazing (laughs) (laughs) i need that shit in my life
1: 12 gauge t-rex i'm so about that (laughs) we should write that script we should uh but uh, back to the criteria uh things like zombies from any number of different things you know they're just like brainless death machines Uh, yeah jaws is another good example of just like it's a shark you're doing what sharks do so the number one criteria that we wanted number one criterion i should say that we wanted was that it had to be an active choice to commit villainy or to pursue evil intentions or what have you right other than that we kept it pretty free-flowing um you know we didn't want to sort of pigeonhole ourselves too much where it's like they have to do this or that or be this as long as it's an active choice again to pursue evil intentions or to be villainous then that was good enough for us again we're not authorities on anything we're just two idiots with a podcast so
0: right we know. should uh, we should change the name to like elbows and assholes yes uh, to just to to name them after after our like pointless opinions that pretty much only you and i care about and that's putting it
1: to be fair i don't <laughs> care that much <laughs> i don't even care about my own opinion right my opinions are trash and i hate them
0: all right uh and, and with that said, let's get rolling with our opinions. Yeah,
1: yes. Uh
0: well <laughs> do, <quite. laughs> uh, do do we have more criteria to go over?
1: No, but we should kind of go over what we're gonna do for each episode, the the format and whatnot.
0: Oh yeah, sure. Sure, why not?
1: So we're gonna do these kind of round robin style. Dave and I will just go back and forth naming um our picks, going over um what work they're from or works they're from, why we like that character and why they're effective at being a villain. As well as some other kind of potpourri things that here I may have thought of. As always, I'm going to go ahead and throw a big spoiler warning at the beginning of this. There are probably going to be some instances on all of these episodes where we talk about a villain and go into something that they have done that is considered a spoiler. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to throw out a giant warning right here, uh, as well as individual warnings, if we remember them as we are about to talk about spoilery things.
0: We'll do our best.
1: But well, again, idiots with a podcast, so don't expect much.
0: Yes, right. <laughs> exactly.
1: So this first episode that Dave and I agreed on is going to be about fiction and literature. So books, those yes. things that old people
0: read or that you right. can read on the, um, you know, pads now. Um, and with that, uh, Ted, do you have anything else?
1: No. Um, I think we should uh, hit the music and get this shit show on the road.
0: All right. Literary! going to go ahead and get this started some of you may not know this but before fight club was a movie it was a book uh for for a few years it it was a book first Um, once again books are those things where like words are printed on paper and bound Uh, but yes i chose tyler durden as my first villain like i said from the book fight club author chuck palanick i think it Tid, is that the way you pronounce his name? Is it palanick Yeah, I believe it's Palahniuk. Okay. I I always question myself when it comes to saying his name, because I always figured I'm going to say it wrong, like most most things in my life. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. <clears throat> so, why I like them. I like Tyler Durden as a as a villain or antagonist because he doesn't fit the role of villain, like straight out the gate. Like when you're first introduced to, well, I mean the the intro aside, <clears throat> like when it kind of does the Tarantino thing where it shows you the end and then it gets to the beginning, you know, when, when they kind of first meet on the plane, you know, it, it kind of eases him in as like Mr. Cool guy. And then slowly, but surely he seems kind of fucking crazy with these weird ideas Turns to kind of a dick yeah yeah he is uh he's a little bit of a dick isn't he a douche uh, canoe as the right. children say is that what the churns say
1: i have no idea i'm not a children
0: okay well i mean i like douche canoe and i think i think i'm going to use that from now on um uh, but yeah uh, that's, that's kind of why I, I wanted to pick him as, I thought the, the fact that he kind of started out as this like cool, almost envious character, because you know, that's, that's who he is in this book is the, he's the, kind of the flip of our narrator's character. Like he, he's everything. He's the the perfect complement to his character. You know, he, he fucks the way he wants to fuck he talks the way he wants to talk. He's he's everything that he's not. But like I said, to the extent where it ends up getting people killed and like literally. Um, and with that, I'll kind of dive into why I think he is an effective villain. Um, he kind of has that, not kind of, he definitely has that level of narcissism that we we typically see with a lot of villains that are are of human nature i guess uh like that take human form even though we are kind of talking about uh, a, a villain that is kind of sort of but maybe not real alert <laughs> right um it, although if you haven't like either read or watched fight club by this point like may god have mercy on your soul um
1: yeah they're probably not going to at this point if they haven't already
0: yeah uh but but yeah uh he he definitely has and i I mean i i don't want to go into too much detail or talk about tyler durden too much because i felt like we we kind of beat it to death when we did our fight club episode back in what was that like the fall or september yeah uh So, so yeah, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on, on him, but, but yeah, like I said, he, he definitely has that level of narcissism, narcissism, where he feels like everything that he does is, is for the greater good and nothing that he thinks of is wrong. And it's to the point where he gets people in trouble, gets people hurt, uh, gets people killed. Um, and he also has that like grand plan, like that Thanos grand plan to like course correct society or or the world or or whatever grand scale that you want to think of. Like he he has that i that idea or that plan that's going to like reset the clocks back to zero and give everyone a fresh clean slate, but it comes at a cost that when you think of it, you're like, Hmm, that's, that's maybe a step or like 15 too far in the wrong direction. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't want to dive too, too deep into, into him because we, we did kind of beat him to death. Uh, so if you want to hear more about mine and as well as Ted's thoughts on, on Tyler Durden and the rest of fight club, uh, I, I, guess just on, uh, at the movie level, we didn't really talk too much about the book except for the ending during that episode. Um, isn't that right, Ted? Um, the book
1: came up a few times, but we definitely did just focus on the movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, that's right, because you know, we were talking about it because it celebrated its 20th anniversary. Yeah, Yeah. Or, 20th. yeah. So, so, yeah. Uh, Ted, you want to go ahead with your first book? Uh,
1: sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I agree. I want to kind of touch on Dirty yeah. for a second. I, I think you... Uh, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head of he somewhat has the transformation from like anti-hero almost to to straight up villain, which is yeah which is interesting. Um, and uh, d- it still fits our criteria though because he does actively choose and like you said, he has that that um, <clears throat> master plan so to speak. So that's a it's a good pick, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my first pick is Professor Moriarty from the Sherlock Holmes universe, written by Arthur Conan Doyle.
0: Mmm, very sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, all right. You, ha-
0: uh, I bet you have many leather-bound books in your apartment. Smells of freshly mahogany. I literally
1: have the complete Sherlock Holmes mysteries in a leather-bound volume. <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That that's, that's pretty dope, though. Yeah, I do. It's it's sick. um, but yeah. I, I this is one of my all-time favorite villains in any medium it's Holmess greatest villain for sure um, I love the way he's described in in the books um, he's called the Holmes calls him the Napoleon of crime um, and says he's basically like the spider sitting motionless in the center of the web waiting waiting for some fool to stumble in yikes yeah that's just a great like great image of the character and what he's willing to do and um, it, it's really it's really strange to me that um, in, in some ways that he's remembered the way he is because, you know, Moriarty is a great villain. He's the equal to Holmes. He's almost like the other side of the coin from Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas Holmes uses his uh, immense intellect for good, um, Moriarty chooses a dark path. You know, he engages in, um he's basically like the mob boss for all of Europe. I think it's basically how he's spoken of. Um, Holmes at another point says that he's, uh, he Moriarty is basically the reason for all the shady antics that go on in the city of London, as well as, you know, kind of expounds that to, to England and to mainland Europe. <clears throat> What's really funny though, is that the character is remembered as Holmes' main antagonist when that's not really the case at all. He was only invented so that the author could kill off Sherlock Holmes because he got sick of writing about him <laughs> and he wanted to write other things, wow. but Holmes was so popular. He was like, I'll never get out of it unless I kill him. Um, he, so he created Moriarty, who did kill Holmes uh, famously, and then he realized, oh shit, I still got to sell books. nobody gives a fuck what I got to say other than Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> so uh, he did, he did bring Holmes back, of course. But um, you know, like I said, Moriarty is a great character. And a quick shout out. He also, uh as with a lot of the Holmes, you know, mythos, has appearances elsewhere. One of my favorites is from the Star Trek: The Next Generation episode "Elementary, Dear Data," where Data and Jordy go on a uh, holodeck homes like adventure and right. the character of moriarty the computer program of moriarty basically <laughs> becomes sentient and like <laughs> tries to take over the enterprise it's just it's dumb fun he's, but it's just a great uh great little episode there so yeah
0: when you said star trek i was like wait what but yeah <laughs> i was like what the fuck but then yeah. i remembered the the whole holodeck thing yeah and uh, yeah so that makes sense
1: yeah and like i said i mean he's the basically the you know, the opposite of Holmes, which is what makes him an effective villain. It's like he goes toe to toe with the greatest detective ever and wins, basically. So, right. <laughs> you know, what else What else can you say? What else do you need to say?
0: So I think I was in like middle school. Uh, I, I was pretty young and I went to the Mount Juliet Public Library and I asked the librarian to find Sherlock Holmes for me. And she found it. I checked it out, brought it home and i got to like page three and i was like mm, i know some of these words <laughs> it was I, I i'm pretty sure it was like not within my grade level and in fact i think that's what the librarian said like she just looked at me and like i i, I think i took a little personally but she was like i think this is a little bit out of your your grade level out of your reading level but uh, uh, but you know i i can't prohibit you from right fucking book uh so so yeah she she let me dig my own grave i took it home tried to read it and i was like i don't fucking get any of it <laughs> um so so yeah i it, maybe maybe i'll understand a little bit more nowadays uh, i i think my grade uh my reading level has increased a little bit since then uh, so maybe i should give it a try
1: yeah i mean you can find like like i said the complete uh, the complete works of Holmes uh, or of Doyle, the complete adventures of Holmes by Doyle should be available um, in a fairly cheap collection. Right, um, I've seen them around before. There's different like, there's different collections. There's like the complete collection. Then there's I think it's the Casebook of Sherlock Holmes, which was, I believe, the first collection of short stories, or maybe the first novel and some some short stories. Um, but they're definitely available pretty widely, so you should be able to find them. <clears throat>
0: All right. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll add it to my ever-growing reading list. Just like movies, it it, it never gets any shorter. It just it just gets longer and longer and
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I like about books is that they lead to other books.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um but anyways, uh, you, you have anything else to say on Sherlock Holmes before we uh push forward?
1: Um other than it's the greatest. No, that's all I have. <laughs>
0: right on uh so my next book uh or next villain is alex i don't think he has a last name but he's from a a Uh, clockwork
1: orange burgess or no that's anthony burgess wrote it
0: yeah the author is anthony burgess uh he wrote a clockwork orange and the villain's name is like i said alex i I don't think he has a last name like i does and
1: i'll remember it or i will look it up
0: all right well you you keep clacking on and on right on Uh, it's the large Oh, shit, I, I actually I think I knew that. Why yeah. why the fuck did like I googled this shit earlier? It just said Alex, whatever. Well, Apparently, my the, googled so
1: you're right. In the book, it's just Alex. In the in the movie, it's Delarge. <gasps> oh, okay. Because That's... he calls himself in the novel. He calls himself Alex the Large, which is. Dumb. <laughs> You shady right. motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Uh th- that's probably why I didn't I didn't find it, because I actively sought out information about Clockwork Orange the book, because just like my first book choice, which was then turned into a movie, this was also a book that was turned into a movie. like, like most books nowadays. Uh but but yeah, um so I I like Alex from a Clockwork Orange as a villain. This isn't... So, I, I like him because he, he's kind of like the opposite of Tyler Durden from my previous choice. He starts out like as the... He starts out the main character. Or he, he is the main character of the book. But he starts out the bad guy. And he kind of finds at least partial redemption by by the end. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's like... He... he ends up being the good guy at the end and i i won't throw any spoilers out there um unless you would consider that a spoiler uh but you know he uh, i ted i think you'd agree with me that he's he's pretty fucking evil uh throughout most of the book up until pretty much the 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 middle of like the third act um yeah
1: yeah he's um I um <clears throat> I almost picked this as one of mine uh this okay. character but I couldn't what stopped me is I couldn't decide which iteration to choose from the uh the book or the film and I was gonna pick the film and then I was like uh, nah, we'll we'll come back to it I may still okay. but n- now since you've picked him for the book I probably won't but sure i uh, I like the character a lot I like the the universe a lot mm-hmm. um. There's so many good like I've talked about this before with like Mad Max. I look at things like the language and the dialogue, and there are so many great instances instances of that in clockwork orange, like ultraviolence yeah. and old Droog and just like all these these like different sounding words. And you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> like Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, you're almost like you wonder if if you're missing out on a whole nother dialect because this is a he he was a british author i believe and this this takes place in In britain Britain. yeah right uh whereas like uh, or did he actually come up with these this terminology like this this milk laced with like acid yeah and fucking droogs and shit right yeah uh yeah it's really weird this this world that he kind of created where you're like like exactly what part of this is actually real and what is what is not um but yeah i i think he was pretty effective because he alex embodies a lot of the really bad qualities that you find in in a lot of like troubled young people or troubled youth, like and men in particularly. And I'm not trying to get all political or, or anything. I'm just throwing it out there that like you know, troubled youth if you don't if they don't find stability and and someone to like be like, hey, that's not cool. Like, you know, beating the shit out of people. That's that's something that we don't do. And then you like kind of course correct their 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 path to enlightenment um that that's that's kind of what happens to alex is that there's really no one there for him to like to be like hey bro uh, we don't break into people's houses and
1: beat them t- with canes
0: right uh beat beat the husbands with a cane um have your buddies hold him down while while you rape their wife um
1: yeah, that's, a, that's a bad look
0: uh yeah. Um so so yeah, that's that's kinda why I thought he was a really effective villain is because he like that's that's something that could actually happen. Uh like I, I think this for the most part, this is on my book list of villains. This is this is like the only like human, like pure one hundred percent like human iteration of a villain. Like everything else is kinda, you know touch and go but like this is shit that could actually happen and i think that's what makes him you know affected that and like total lack of empathy for for other people and uh, the the inability up into a certain point in the book to objectively look at the things that he's done and see that they are wrong on pretty much every level they are uh, in fact dick moves yeah <laughs> Uh, I would go so far as to say that everything that he does is pretty much a dick move, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, uh, I I read this book. I don't know what my, uh, what my teacher was thinking when he agreed to like, let me read this in, in in high school. It was, but it was for my British literature class. And he just like the criteria was basically pick a, pick a British author and, and pick one of their books and write a report, like read the book, obviously, and write a report. And like, I, I had seen A Clockwork Orange a few times with a buddy who owned it. And I was like, well, I've been wanting to read the book, so this would be a good opportunity. But I never in a million fucking years thought that my teacher would agree to let me read this Uh, one because it's high school uh and and like this book is insane um i mean it's even more insane than the movie and two, like i went to a catholic high school so he had all the more reason to say to say like are you out of your goddamn mind <laughs> um <laughs> uh but no like he serious like i turned it in he gave me the approval and i was like what the fuck and then like he caught up with me one day at lunch and he was like hey i really respect your choice for uh for the book you chose to do your report on i'm really looking forward to reading it and i was like what the what the is going on here (laughs) um so yeah that's uh um just a little another little side story uh that you didn't ask for but i just i thought it was kind of entertaining
1: yeah Uh, i actually i read that in high school as well i was a sophomore Uh um, and i remember vividly like i had it on my desk in my geology class and um the teacher came by and was like he looked at it and he looked at me and he was just like (laughs) They let you check this out. (laughs) They didn't have this in the restricted section. Right. He was like, that's kind of a heavy book. (laughs) And I was like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a heavy dude. Is that a fat joke? joke. How gauche? (laughs) How gauche. (laughs) Moving right along.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What's your next book, kind sir?
1: Uh, My next villain is Lady Macbeth from Shakespeare's.
0: Yes, actually, indubitably.
1: Um, Uh, the reason I like this character so much is, uh, I've said this before, probably on the podcast, definitely in conversation. Like to me, Macbeth is basically like the pinnacle of human achievement with regards to the written word. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's just basically unfuckwithable as the children say. Uh, I like the character of lady Macbeth because she's the brains of the operation. She is the one that really sets the story in motion. I mean, it's about Macbeth killing the King to become the King, but she's the one that gives him the idea. Mm-hmm. so without her or with a different uh lady you know we basically are robbed of that story which so thank you in, in a way i suppose for <laughs> you know, killing this king thank for you for
0: your guidance
1: yes um but she's just such a rich and complex character she starts out as you know very ambitious and is like you know yes we should definitely do this and then by the end you know she's driven mad and um we're led to believe that she kills herself you know um, i think it uh, by her hand swift and violently is how it's described. Um, in the text, but she's just a great representation of so many different themes and kind of uh, a couple of different parables. So there's like the "be careful what you wish for," where she's like, "Hey, if we kill this guy, then you'll become king and everything will be great." And that's nope, <laughs> not what mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of critics that are much smarter than I am have also noted that there is a certain um, representative struggle with gender norms in historical society. So um, women are expected to be compassionate whereas men are expected to be ambitious and she's definitely more ambitious, you know, and she tells her husband to kill the King. Um, And they've gone on to say that she sort of represents the anti-mother in the sense of rather than try to be nurturing and compassionate, she's just like, kill that motherfucker. (laughs) uh, And as described almost as like sort of the, in, in a way like the prototypical witch type character so um sure. just a, just a very rich character overall you know um i really can't say enough like i said there are so many iterations of Macbeth um from plays to you know movies to television movies to everything that there have been so many good instances so many amazing and wonderful actresses have portrayed lady Macbeth um that basically you throw a stone and you've hit four great adaptations of it that's um, awesome yeah, and uh, they all bring in something a little bit different to the character, which is always great as well.
0: Right. Yeah, I actually, uh, w- when I started exploring Shakespeare, it was, again, for school, uh, but it, w- it was a- an actual assignment. Like, first we had to read, uh, it was like my freshman English class, and we had to read uh, Romeo and Juliet. And yeah. I was like, cool. Well, you know, I want, I've been wanting to read Shakespeare for a long time. I wanted to read, uh, Romeo and Juliet and I, uh, you know, we read it and I was like, well, I mean, I kind of already knew what happened. So, uh, it, it was just kind of an o- underwhelming experience overall. Uh, and, and then in, uh, when I was a sophomore, we read uh, Macbeth, and i remember being blown the fuck away i was like whoa like is this <laughs> this is actually about so i i side with you with this being just a classic fucking masterpiece
1: um yeah no i mean i think i had a pretty similar experience with shakespeare um in high school i think probably a lot of people have i read this book actually um called how shakespeare changed everything by Stephen marsh mm-hmm. um, which I definitely recommend it's it's a pretty quick read it's not very long and it's not you know super difficult to read it's not like a it's not like a graduate thesis in Shakespeare it's definitely like a a quote-unquote like popular sort of book. sure
0: like a consumer level yeah
1: like a like a pop history sort of book um definitely interesting and it really changed my perspective on Romeo and Juliet where it's like people have gotten it wrong like it's about teenagers and I was like oh my god that's it just like clicked for me where it was but uh (laughs) um yeah i mean shakespeare in some circles has kind of fallen out of favor um which is dumb i kind of get it but Mm -hmm. it's still dumb um there are so many great adaptations so if you're not comfortable or you know if reading the old plays makes you feel stupid because like like you said david there are a lot of like period language you know yeah a lot it's not like um updated to where you know, we'd understand it. Plus it's very poetic on top of that, you know, right. and, and there's a lot of metaphor and things like that. So,
0: yeah, I think there's, there should be some collections out there of Shakespearean work where they have like footnotes on, uh, on each yeah. page that, that break down what the language means. Like Definitely. The, the there are, there are, language. there
1: are like, quote-unquote translations if you will right. where it's, yeah. it's written in like an updated way sure um, yeah. there's a lot of different movies out there that are sort of anachronistic where they're set in like modern times or mm-hmm. when the movie was released what we consider modern times like the Romeo and Juliet that I think Baz Luhrmann did with Leonardo DiCaprio yep um as well as there was a Hamlet that was sort of set in a contemporary time and changed a little bit for that time that was are you
0: talking a, about the Lion King
1: no um <laughs> I'm not although basically it is the poor man's hamlet.
0: <laughs> right. It, it's it's hamlet with with it,
1: animals. In a way, it's real. well it's not it's We're not trying to get into a rabbit hole with this but yeah. uh it definitely has some similarities. Um yeah. but there have been so many great adaptations back to Macbeth, so many great ab- adaptations. My personal favorite is one that PBS did um 10 or 12 years ago starring Sir, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart as Macbeth. Mm. Okay. Um, There's also a very good movie from 2015 uh that I believe Justin Kurtzel directed, just called Macbeth, um, starring Michael Fassbender.
0: Right, as, yeah, I remember that.
1: Macbeth, and I believe it was Marion Cotillard as Lady Macbeth, and she is fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, um, she's she's pretty much great in everything that I've seen. Um, yes, except so... when
1: she dies in the Dark Knight rises, which is so fucking amusing to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um that that is kind of amusing.
1: She hates that take, by the way. Like she was like, I. She said this in her interviews that she hates it so much, and like she hates Christopher Nolan for using it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no one's perfect.
1: What are you gonna do? Oh. Anyway, uh, David, I think it's it's your your next.
0: All right. So for my next book, I chose The Exorcist, and the uh, the the evil villain is, I guess, the uh, the demon or a demon or the devil or I believe. A devil
1: that it is pazuzu
0: is is In that the, the movie
1: it's pazuzu I, I have not read the book so i don't know if it, they changed that for the film or not but i film. was
0: when i was doing my research earlier i was actually looking uh of course at the the book version but i was looking for keywords such as captain howdy <laughs> um <laughs> i was like wait was was that the the i, I know that that captain howdy came up in the the movie but was that the term that was actually used in the book as well i couldn't remember uh so i i just i put down the devil that do or demon that does the possessing mm.
1: uh,
0: obviously uh but of course see, it was written by william peter blatty it's blatty right
1: yes or blade
0: i i always thought it was bladey uh, I, but i think it's blatty Yeah. But when I talked to my grandma about that, who, who my grandma is a fucking rock star. She, uh, her and I like go on about books, like, um, like, like nobody's business. She gives me all kinds of cool recommendations, but uh, out of all books, we, we went, we had a, a really cool discussion about this a while back about the exorcist. And, and she said, William Peter Blatty. And I was like, Oh, is that how you say his name? I always thought it was Blatty. Anyways. Um, so uh why i liked this particular villain uh i i picked it because uh, it was actually one of the first that i thought of when we were coming up with villains for books and i thought of it because it like literally scared the shit out of me when i was reading it like i i haven't read a whole lot of like classic horror books uh I, i I mean, and I'm using the term classic kind of, kind of loosely, but you know, classic and in, in terms of like, you know, it's meant to be scary. It's not like, you know, it's not a thriller. It's not like horror slash satire, uh, kind of like, um, you know, some of Chuck Palahniuk's works, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it was pretty much the first horror genre book that I read. And like, as much as it scared the shit out of me, like I could not put it down. And like, I had already seen the movie several times, so I knew it, pretty much what was happening. And, and, and as far as I can remember, the book for the most part lines up pretty decently with the, with the movie. Uh, uh but yeah, like I just remember it it just scaring the shit out of me in, in, in all the best ways possible. So uh, I just, I had to pick this. I know, like I said, it kind of loosely fits the criteria that we set, um, you know i guess an argument could be made that since it's the devil and the uh, or a demon and that's what a demon is supposed to do is is possess people and be evil but i don't know i it's i I just had to throw it in there um and uh, i i thought it was an effective villain because like it's literally the fucking devil (laughs) right yeah it's Um,
1: funny i actually thought about picking the devil um so but there's like so many different iterations that I, I was like I would be doing a disservice if I narrowed it down to like one so <laughs> right i was like do i pick like dante's inferno do i pick like paradise lost <laughs> like, mm-hmm. i was just like you know what we're just going to leave it off the list cuz <laughs> it's, it's like it's too much
0: right yeah i mean it was definitely much easier for me uh to to come up with it uh, uh in terms of books but yeah one last thing about them being being an effective villain uh, is that like, it's, in my opinion, it's like the most frightening iteration of possession that I've, uh, at least read. You know, I, and I've read a couple, but this is definitely the the scariest shit. You uh, know, and, and like, it definitely lends itself the the advantage of being a book instead of a movie where, you know, movies you're, especially when the, the exorcist, the movie was filmed, you know, you're, you're definitely limited to, to, to what you're physically capable of doing in terms of effects. But with books like the literally the sky's the limit, like, you know, whatever you can come up with in your own imagination is, is what, what your limit is. And, um, I think that is part of that's what uh that's part of what made this such an effective um <clears throat> villain for me is is just like the fact that i i was sitting there knowing that like what the the movie version looks like i was um i was just imagining something so much deeper and crazier than <laughs> um but you know then again i'm i'm kind of a a messed up dude that's another story
1: yeah uh i could dig it um i don't know have you ever read the exorcist uh no no i have not
0: well you should check it out Uh, it will go on the ever-growing
1: list we
0: (laughs) talked about i mean it's from what i remember it's a little big but uh, i don't know maybe like 300 pages but like I got, I remember getting through it in like a week, maybe a week or two. Hmm. So you could probably breeze through it in like three hours. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, you're a pretty fast reader, so, uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, what's, uh, what's your next book?
1: Villain. Um, my last, um, my last one that I want to go over, my last villain I want to go over is, uh, uh, Count Dracula. Um, the reason that i chose dracula from bram stoker's novel rather than one of the many portrayals in a film is because this one's better (laughs) Um, and the reason it's better is because it's just the like the brutality and the true evil of this iteration is so much more extreme than any of the especially any of the famous iterations of the character of dracula so the one that everybody points to of course is like bella lugosi who's like suave and sophisticated and debonair and He's still a vampire, but he's like a count, you know, he's like a role person. Whereas this one is just like he's hideous and horrifying and like uh, pretty early in the novel, like kidnaps a baby to feed to one of his like vampire wives. It's right. Just like from the word go, this fucking thing <laughs> is just like evil personified. Right. Um does a lot of crazy, terrible shit. Um whereas, you know, I don't wanna say that the other iterations of Dracula are not scary or not evil, but like this one is going for broke from, from the start, um, which is why I think it's a more effective characterization of Dracula, as well as like a more effective villain. Mm-hmm. Cause there's none of this like, um, limp dicking around. You know? <laughs> like He's not just like trying to be clever and, oh, I want to suck your blood. And no, he's just like, here, eat a baby, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, um, he does he, just, he, he doesn't
0: sparkle in the sun.
1: Yeah, I know. He goes he goes hard one hundred percent of the time. Right. Um but I mean like what kind of it's fucking count Dracula. Like what do I need to say? You know. What I mean? right.
0: like, you need to say Dracula musical <laughs>
1: <laughs> Die.
0: Die Die, Die. I, can't. I can't. Yeah. Uh great fucking movie. Yes. I tried to make a case that we should do that for a watch along. Uh I don't know if any comedy would would be good for a watch along but
1: uh i basically just be us laughing for an hour and a half and i don't think anybody wants to hear that
0: hey like you know people could watch along with us and laugh along with us uh but you know like i said it's i don't know how entertaining that would be maybe maybe some but probably none um but anyways i'll i'll go ahead and uh or were, were you done ted
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, don't get cute. Like, what the fuck? What do I need to say about Count Dracula? You know, right. You know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So I think so I got one last villain. And this is actually probably the only one that, Ted, I don't believe you'll really have anything to speak to this villain because you have not read these books, uh, unless you somehow read all of them, uh, without my knowledge recently. Uh, but I am talking about Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix author J.K. Rowling. Uh, that's of course no surprise. Everyone knows who the fuck J.K. Rowling is. Uh, but I chose Umbridge because as a one-shot side villain, she is fucking top notch, uh, and I've heard many arguments made uh, successfully that uh, she is like ten times fucking worse than Voldemort. Uh, they're and they're pretty damn convincing. Um, and I'll uh, I'll kind of get into a few of those now. Looking at her and what she does to like all the students in particular, Harry, like makes you question like if Voldemort even has what it fucking takes to hate Harry Potter, Dolores can't produce a Patronus charm, which is what uh, the charm that, uh, wizards and witches make to fend off evil and evil spirits. Um, and what you need to, in order to produce a Patronus charm, uh, aside from a lot, uh, lots and lots of practice is happy memories to dwell on. Um, because that's how you fight off evil spirits is thinking of things in your life that are good um, that, that you can fall back on. And she doesn't have any of those. <laughs> so she can't produce a fucking Patronus charm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, it's a, it's very sad for her. Um, also, some of the hardest shit I've ever fucking read. Um, she like, so she sentences, um, Harry to detention, like in her own personal office where she has to like, oh, uh, Harry comes and uses her own quill to write, uh, I will not tell lies like 50 million times. Uh, but this quill like, takes uh as he writes it cuts into the skin in his hand and writes with his own blood um so as he's writing it's like cutting into his hand um and using his own blood as ink um which is like the hardest shit that i've ever heard of um and i think just that reason alone qualifies her as like one of the most evil fucking villains i've ever read about uh but, uh, uh, you know, Harry Potter lore aside, um, it's, uh, I, I like her as an effective villain because I saw it as a representation of how scary it can get when you look at a person or persons who refuse to be pragmatic in their viewpoints when necessary. Um, she, uh, the the one of the the main things in in the book and movie was that like she, amongst others, but her in particular, didn't want to admit that Voldemort or Tom Riddle was back, um, and killing people again, and uh, she, uh yeah she didn't want to hear it, and Harry saw him in action firsthand, and um she refused to hear any uh any proof that he could be right and to me it was kind of terrifying to to think about like and and apply it to real life situations um when like you know like it's once again not to get like too political uh but you know when you hear people especially in high high power positions who like don't want to use fucking logic to make decisions or or you know be uh be pragmatic and, and let's like different viewpoints you know come into their brain and be like oh let's think about this you know let's think about that let's weigh the options blah 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 um so just that that personality trait um i thought was um kind of on the terrifying side uh, because it 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 was a little bit more realistic uh, of the um the villainous traits that that she had aside from the ones that kind of particularly pertain to the the lore in harry potter so um yeah sorry i kind of went off on (laughs) a little bit of a a thing there but
1: no that's okay i mean um while i'm not familiar really with uh that level at least with harry potter i do know about this character um, because it is a very popular person to complain about in terms of being an effective villain. Well, I guess c- celebrate in terms of being an effective villain to complain about as being just a terrible bitch of a character. <laughs> like, uh, yes. <laughs> um, I know that uh, Stephen King has said that he thinks Dolores Umbridge is like the best written villain in, in literature since Hannibal Lecter. So that's pretty high oh, yeah. praise.
0: Yeah. I remember reading that. I totally, totally forgot that he said that, but I I remember when, uh, close, closely after this book came out, I think it was when he made that statement at some point in time. And I was like, well, that is high praise, um, from a, you know, as we've discussed a few times, a, a master of horror, um, uh, which actually I, um, I don't, yeah. Our, uh, Stephen King didn't uh, didn't actually make our list. Um, I, I have uh, to... oh. I have one of oh, his characters
1: had... as an honorable mention.
0: All right. Well, I guess that's a uh, pretty decent segue into some honorable mentions. Yes. All right. So for honorable
1: mentions, I did have a few um, that did not make my top three for uh, you know one reason or another. The first is Ahab from Moby Dick. Mm. Um, the reason for that is because while i think it's rather obvious that he's the villain of the story a lot of other people will point to it being the whale which is incorrect the villain is ahab and egomania and hubris um but uh just super effective great read like i I said this a thousand times before like moby dick is the great american novel and anybody who tells you differently is lying to you (laughs) um next up i have these two sort of go together Uh, In my mind, Big Brother from 1984, as well as the World State from Brave New World. Um, You just, you know, two repressive regimes in the case of Big Brother, who, you know, control your thoughts with thought crimes, things like that. Uh, The World State from Brave New World, who literally break humans out into um, a hierarchy of alphas and, and, you know, tiered people so that there are like literal elites and then there are literal like bottom Mm rung people. Right. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde from. Jacqueline Hyde, obviously. Oh, good call. Um, they're both kind of the villain. Hyde is more obviously like the evil personified, but just to be dealing with that, you have to be villainous. So Jekyll slash Hyde, they're both kind of on the list for me. Um, one that I believe you have in a way. I have Doctor Frankenstein. Um, okay. I I thought about the creature, but really the creature is only the way he is because he has the the brain of a murderer um where yeah. without frankenstein the doctor there is no creature so uh I'm yeah. with dr frankenstein so i may have stolen some of your thunder there if i did i
0: apologize nope nope not at all i uh i actually uh actually uh, was that the uh the end of your honorable mentions i actually have
1: two others okay I realized, go ahead. no i should have done that one last i'm sorry no nah,
0: no nah, it's all right i'll i'll kind of we'll loop back around and i'll i'll tack on some thoughts to um frankenstein whatever uh, you're done
1: Okay, so um, my last two real quick. Judge Holden from Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian. Mm. Um, Cormac McCarthy is probably most famous for No Country for Old Men or The Road. Mm -hmm. I think Blood Meridian is probably his best work, and Judge Holden is probably the most evil character he's ever written. Um, I can't imagine him writing someone more evil than that, and I hope that he doesn't attempt it, to be honest with you.
0: Right. Um, Yeah, if you thought Anton Chigurh was a fucking psychopath uh yeah
1: yeah judge holden is like fucking next level scary evil um Yikes. and then uh annie wilkes from misery uh by Stephen King oh yeah um good call she is like the prototypical stalker fan um that turns out is, is way worse than even that so um
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and um while i think that i'm cheating here because i think that Kathy Bates portrayal of Annie Wilkes in the film is better um I knew she wasn't going to make my list for film so I went ahead and, and put the character here sure um because <laughs> while I do think the portrayal is better I think that in some way she's more evil in this because in the book she cuts off the author's l- foot with an axe whereas in the movie she just breaks it with a sledgehammer so I feel uh, like cutting it off is more evil
0: you know <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I suppose an argument could be made either way but but yeah, I, I mean, you know, depending on the the severity of the hit with the sledgehammer, um, I mean, you can't grow another foot. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, w- w- was that was that it?
1: Uh, yes. Thus endeth the list.
0: Yeah. Uh, those, those were definitely great honorable mentions. Uh, and uh, I know of some of those people, I, I definitely want to check out that Cormac McCarthy book. What, what'd you say the title of that book was? Um,
1: it's called blood Meridian or the evening redness in the West.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed no country for old men. It was a relatively, you know, easy read, which is good for me. Um, but I, uh, I I'm not sure if all of his works are, are like that or, or, a lot of them, but uh, yeah, I've definitely been meaning to check out more. So I'll add that to my list as well. Uh, But yeah, looping back around to Frankenstein. So Mary, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I originally had this on like my list list, like this was going to be it. And as I was taking notes and coming up with like why I like them as a villain and why they're an effective villain, I actually talked myself out of using them because like, as I, the, the more I tried to make it a case for them being a villain, the less I found. So it it just turned out to be, uh, I couldn't really make it fit the criteria quite like I, I wanted it to, but I did figure that I could put it in the honorable mentions as, you know, uh, as like, Hey, it didn't quite, meet the the criteria that we set but it was you know still pretty good um i but uh, a little dissimilar from from what you stated i i kind of extended the quote-unquote villain to to more of like an abstract idea or like an embodiment of evil and like extending it to both dr frankenstein as well as his creature uh, or monster. And I know that's, that's kind of a philosophical choice between re- uh, between readers. Um, you know, some people call it a creature. Some people call it a monster. I pers- personally call it a creature, which was one of the driving forces, be- uh, w- with me finally deciding that this was not quite, um, didn't quite deserve to be on the evil villains, like hard list. Um, uh, but yeah, I did still feel like it, it was worth mentioning, um, just because, you know, between Dr. Frankenstein and the creature, uh, some, some crazy bad shit goes down. Um, but it's, it's definitely more of like, you know, doc, Dr. Frankenstein, he creates the, the monster he didn't realize is, uh, at the time that he's creating something that's going to, uh, be fucking horrifying, um he just kind of dives into his work to keep himself busy from thinking about the terrible shit that's happening in his life. And then things go awry. And then it's a cause and effect kind of situation, um, if you will. Um, but yeah, after that is uh, the the only other honorable mention I had was uh, the book Haunted. And it's, Uh, every single one of the writers on the writers retreat. Um, and I actually won't go into spoiler territory for this. Uh, because I feel that strongly that like people should read this book. Um, unless you have a very weak stomach, then don't read this book. And Ted, I'm pretty sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, I did read this book when I was in college, and I can.
1: Uh, I will agree that uh, (laughs) it is not the easiest to read
0: yeah it's uh it's it's definitely not no uh it, it, i i think a lot of people e- either in high school or college had to read guts which is uh, probably the most popular short story f- uh from this book like there's you know there's an overarching uh plot to to the movie or to sorry the book uh where you know these these writers they they all uh, respond to an ad that uh, you know this very wealthy man put out that hey like I'm having a writer's retreat you know sending out a bus get on the bus we're going to you know this luxurious place we're gonna have a writer's retreat and it turns out that it's like this old run down dilapidated like theater that's that's been shut down and um, he locks him in there for like three months and tells him to get cracking uh, and. Uh, things are okay at first, um, and then all of a sudden they're not so great. Um, like I said, can't really uh talk about too much, or else I'll get into spoilers. And um, let's just say things get get pretty gross. Um, yes, to put it mildly. <laughs> uh, right, to put it very mildly, things get pretty gross. But I I love the format of of this book. I, I know I'm not really mentioning anything about like the actual. Quote, unquote villain um, but the the format of this book is, is really cool with the you know like I said the overarching plot plus like each of the writers like they they have their own short story um, and I believe that short story that they tell within the book is the essay that they submitted uh, to to get qualified for this writer's retreat in the book um, I, I may have that backwards or incorrect but i i, I think I, I think that's that's right um but yeah basically every single one of these writers is a giant piece of shit yeah. uh yeah. and Accurate. they're yeah they're they're not so much evil as just like really bad fucking humans <laughs> <laughs> that uh that are willing to do some crazy shit for recognition um and uh i think uh, i think i'm just gonna leave it at that because uh, yeah, if you're really in if you're into fucked up work like Stephen King and um I don't pretty much any other novel that we have mentioned here uh, on this this episode of the podcast, I think you'd probably dig it. Um like I said, it's definitely on the more grody, gruesome side, but um that's that's the kind of shit that I'm into. So, it's nasty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, it's by Chuck Palahniuk. Sorry, I, I don't I, I don't think I mentioned that. Um, he's one of my favorite contemporary authors. Uh, so, um, obviously he made it on my list a few times and I couldn't warrant putting two Chuck Palahniuk books on my list. So yeah. But anyways, um, Ted, uh, what, what else do we, uh, do we, we got anything else?
1: Um, no, just be on the lookout for our next episode on villains. Next yeah, week where we'll be doing uh,
0: comic books. comics. Yeah, yeah. Com- comic books. Yeah. Um, yes, more more things with words, but with pictures this time. Yes. Yeah, um, this one is kind of kind of scary because I haven't. Uh, comic books are, are pretty new to me, as I've stated on this podcast a few times, um, but. I'll definitely be doing my research. I'm trying to hit the comic books as much as humanly possible so I can come up with some good villains. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, like Ted said, that is our next episode coming down the pike. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. Once again, thank you to everyone on Facebook and other social media that participated in our, our back and forth on finding out who your favorite villains are. Uh, all right. Well, I, I guess that's going to do it for us uh for this episode um like always please check us out on social media uh our website uh, geekragepodcast.com uh facebook twitter instagram uh, go subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already leave us a rating and review uh we we like those kinds of things um helps us out when people say nice things if you don't have anything nice to say um lie uh y- either lie or like if if you do leave us like a one star rating and review. Like I'm definitely curious to funny. know. Yeah. Uh, right. And and, it, and it's definitely warranted because we're not good. No. Uh, no,
1: in <laughs> fact, the opposite, but <laughs> you know, if, like, you're gonna, if you're going to tell us the truth, at least either a make us laugh or B give us some fucking advice. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Like point us in the right direction. Be like, Hey, Hey, numb nuts, like focus up here. I'm going to need you to produce quality content this time. <laughs> Um, But yeah, that's, uh, like I said, that's going to do it for us this episode. And like always, be kind, stay kiki, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye! Okay, third time's the charm.
1: Yes, the teeth, the tongue,
0: the tip of the throat no wait the teeth shit <laughs> T- teeth the tongue the tip of the lips Te- uh, Or I don't think that's even right did the, I just fuck this up too the, the, the tip of the tongue the, the teeth, teeth and the lips? the lips
1: the tip of the tongue I think
0: <laughs> are we dumb tongue. David are we stupid <laughs> I, I think this quarantine bullshit has like oh my turned God. my brain into goddamn mashed potatoes and gravy to
1: it's, be fair uh,
0: it already was kind of like that
1: yeah a little bit but that's all
0: right you know what i am <clears throat> not gonna fight you on that uh good be- because it's <laughs> because it's true